0: Hello everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of ZST Zoom Sports Talk, the Zesty's podcast out there with the hottest takes in all sports. I'm Carter joined by Jake and Frankie. Um, today is December 13th on episode 14, a little twelve, thirteen, fourteen action. Uh, just to discuss how World Cup's been, some of the discuss some of our takes, some of the post exit drama, and I guess what we got left. The final four games, if you include the third place. So uh Let's hop right into it. How are you, How are you guys doing
1: today?
2: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Frankie?
1: I'm pretty good. My World Cup takes were fucking god-awful. But Mine besides, too. Uh, I was
2: actually listening back to the episode last night, and I could not have been more wrong about most things. I, I did okay with my USA take, which we'll get into. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I had Brazil winning it all. Obviously, yeah. did not happen. Early exit for them. Um, You know, I, I don't think I, – I think – Frankie, no, I or all of our all I had, of our wins are out, right? Yeah, I had England. England right?
0: yeah. I swear somebody picked Argentina. I thought you picked Argentina, Frankie.
2: No, I picked Brazil. No, we know. both picked Brazil. Yeah. yeah. He said oh. Brazil was gonna go undefeated throughout the whole yeah. tournament. And yeah. if more injuries like, they could have.
1: Yeah.
0: Frankie, I think your young you're, uh your young player of the tournament though was gonna win it.
1: Because you picked Saka. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I think he was arguably England's best player. And I think I mean he, the, the I, we'll, we'll, get to yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it too. Yeah, yeah, we'll get do we it, it later. We've got a bunch to get later. into.
2: We're going to talk about how we thought about the U.S. What we thought about England's run, Messi, Ronaldo, semifinals, all our awards, and more coming up right away. So first, let's get right into it. We're all boys from the U.S. and there is some mixed feelings about how the U.S. tournament went for this young U.S. men's national team. Uh, Frankie, I'll let you go ahead and dive into this first. I want you to just kind of dive in and tell me about what you thought about this, yeah. you know, tournament for this young team. First time they've been back to the World Cup since 2014. First time all of these players except, you know, that boy DeAndre Yedlin playing, getting World Cup experience. Um, I want to hear your take on how you thought the tournament went for them.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you if you were to tell me going into the tournament, they tie England, advance to the knockout stage, and lose to Netherlands, I would have been, oh, that's a that's a great tournament for them but after watching that Netherlands game i know the score doesn't reflect it but they were in that game like they yeah. had so many chances and they let daily blin score like on the same exact play as as memphis's goal like this man daily blin wasn't it was his first goal in like 85 caps for netherlands it was insane and and they were in that game and so watching that and saying oh maybe they could have got past Netherlands like at least kind of a sour taste in your mouth but overall I feel like I'd give this drama like an eight out of ten if I had to rate it around there I mean I mean I'm sure you guys will touch on the the Gio Reina drama later and that kind of like I don't, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that I feel like I think there's like, a lot
2: to it. There's a lot to it. And we'll definitely yeah, think, get more into it. Let's just kind yeah. of get our genuine basis of how we thought. So, yeah, we're all going to give it a score out of 10. Eight out of 10. That's a little yeah, bit on the high eight. side, in my opinion. But, Carter, I'll let you go ahead and give your opinion on how this tournament went for the U.S. men's national team.
0: Yeah, You know what? I was probably going to say about a seven, and I'll tell you why. I think that <laughs> I, agree, I agree with Frankie. What, what he says in we tie England, advance to knockouts, um, and – we lose to the Netherlands, hey, you know what? That's a solid performance. We proved a point that we can hang with the big boys, which I definitely think we did. Obviously, like, drawing Wales, looking back on it, it was just such, like, a not-ideal outcome. But what I will say is I only think I can rate it a 7 at best because I didn't really think we showed too much firepower in the tournament. We played great defensively. We... I mean, until the Netherlands game, we were the only teams to, what, not allow an open play goal. Yeah. So... I think that I will say that but what I will say and I almost thought about like giving it a six or a five is the fact that we saw we could hang with the big the big kids out there but if we had anything less then we would have been extremely disappointed with how it turned out if we didn't make the knockout stages then we would have been extremely disappointed and while the Netherlands I mean they scored on some some easy chances like chances they should have put away and I mean, we were in control, I thought, most of the game. So I'll say I'll say 7 out of 10. 6.5 is 7 out of 10. But what I will say is I do think there's a lot of promise going forward. Like, we showed that we got some guys' experience. And, um, you know, obviously, maybe not some guys maybe deserve more experience. But I'll, I'll say 6.5 to 7.
2: Yeah, I think you guys have kind of summarized it perfectly while, with the whole, you know, if you would have told me before the tournament, draw England – uh, get through to the knockouts, and lose to a good Netherlands team, you know, I think I would have been content with that. In the manner that it happened, though, this tournament was a surprise as U.S. men's national team fan. Going into this, never would I have thought that attacking would have been our issue and finishing. You know, I, you hear the names of Christian Pulisic. You hear Gio, Gio Reyna, Tim Weah. You know, you hear, you know, a lot of attacking power. The whole problem going into this tournament, people thought, we're "We're going to be horrible on defense and we are going to get burned. Tim Ream stepped up huge. Anthony Robinson stepped up huge. Walker Zimmerman, besides when he turned into a middle linebacker, stepped up huge. That defense played lights out. I really think it was on Greg Berhalter having horrible tactics up front and failing to get goals. I mean, let's go to that Netherlands game, for example the only really big chances that were created for the U.S. men's national team were off countless, like, stupid mistakes from the Netherlands. First three minutes of the game, Polišic buries that in the goal. That They're probably playing Argentina. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but a goal that early can change momentum so much. And Polišic, you know, probably thought he was offside, caught an offside position. It was a weird turnover of the ball um but you know not burying that was huge and just such a momentum kill I, I mean i was sitting in the bar in paris watching that game and i, I he missed that chance and me and my buddy looked over each other and i was like all right well you're not going to get many more of those today with this defense so yeah. you might have just blown your best chance and that's you no know, nox ballistic i think he was one of the best u.s men's national player to uh players of the tournament um but you know you got to capitalize on those opportunities and I, I just thought overall our attack was very weak and you know you get to that knockout stage game Van Gaal put on a master class technically against Burhalter and, and I think a little hidden message in there it has to do with the English national team too Southgate is not the coach for them so Southgate is not the coach and we'll get into that later but you're letting the guy you know the Netherlands looked at Burhalter, looked at his tactics, said, you guys can't play through a tight midfield. We're going to let you play on the wings, but that's it. And they dominated them. The chances, they had two open goals that they just tapped in that I think you two could have finished. I mean, at at least that third one. But... Dumfries ran through that defense. Jesus. And, I mean, no, not to Dumfries, but is he who he was four years ago? No, he's not. I mean... It was an embarrassment at the end, but for a young team, it's great for them to get the experience. I, I can't complain too much. I'm going to give it a six and a half out of 10. Um, I think there's a lot to look forward to big news with them, you know, coming to play into the Copa America next, next go about that. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I think come 2026. And I think we all agreed on this on the last episode, they're going to be a very solid competitive team in that world cup. Probably, hopefully, if they get a good group draw, favorites to win their group and hopefully make it to, you know, the round of 16. Um, But, you know, I think six and a half is pretty content rating for them. If you look at it on paper, it's a good tournament. If you watch the games and you really think about it, it's like they they were one chance away from beating England. You know, Polisic hits the bar. You give up that stupid tackle in the box, and Bale puts that goal away from the spot. And then, I mean, you beat Iran, which was great. You had to. But then you just get dominated by the Netherlands. And I do think the game was closer than I'm making it sound, Frankie. I I do agree that the U.S. had their chances, and that could have been a much different game. But I think just from a tactical standpoint, they got dominated. Like as if Van Gaal was, we're going to let you guys play through the sides. You're not getting through our midfield, and good luck getting past our defense. But, you know, it it was a fun run, but it was a little disappointing in the end. But I think one of the biggest question marks about the team is – where was Giovanni Reyna? And I'm curious to hear your guys' uh, opinions on that. Carter, I'll let you go ahead and dive into it first, since we had Frankie go first on his rating. So Carter, what is going on with Giovanni Reyna?
0: You know, I think Gio Reyna is a great player. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of controversy in recent news. I mean, even going back to Tent Hog with Ronaldo, and no player being bigger than club or being bigger than country in this case. And Obviously, like, here's what I'll say. We definitely don't know all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and there's been interviews that have come out, and people have leaked information, and yada, 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 that Gio Reyna was almost going to get sent home and all this stuff. But what I will say is he is definitely a guy that, even though in the last, whatever, 15 minutes or so he played against the Netherlands, he showed, in my opinion, that he was able to create some chances. He didn't really make much of them, but he was able to create stuff, and... um What I will say is,
2: you know, I I also not to interrupt. I also think in that 15 minutes, you could tell that he was mentally checked out. I think that you could tell that he was not there for the team. He was there just because, yeah, you know, I'm happy to finally get some minutes. But you could tell that he was very frustrated, I think, in that short little run that he got um, in that second half against another one. But continue.
0: And that's what what I will say. That's why I don't think he was planning, because you could tell he was checked out. There was definitely something going on there. And what I will say, and, and touching back to something earlier, and this is definitely a controversial take. Um, like Greg Berhalter, I think it's worth seeing what, he, seeing what he can do. It's very clearly he has the national team's best interest in mind, and is really trying to do his best. Some of his decisions, hey, he'll he'll work out the kinks. But I really do not think that our national team has been built around the fact that, like P- Pulisic is Captain America. We've been like that for the last. Three four years and we just if we want to see any success we just can't be like that and I feel like I could see how that would create problems in the locker room because um I feel like I disagree with you a little bit Jake on earlier where I really thought Pulisic was not that good this tournament tournament outside of the goal versus Iran I thought he was honestly pretty poor I thought he was taking poor chances and um I mean as we already discussed he he missed a couple chances easily he had I think he had maybe an assist or two in the tournament but for the fact that he's supposed to be our guy, I just feel like he was dribbling too much into corners. And, I mean, all the chances that we – half chances that we did create if we can all even call them that were dribbling into the corner either Weya or um, or Pulisic and just kind of crossing it or sending out crosses. So, um, I don't know. There's definitely – we definitely have the attacking firepower, but if we're able to treat it more like a team environment and and get those guys involved and, and, like, kind of not focus on the lack of seniority and embrace that we're a young team and not play. Like, um, what was that guy's name, Morris? Bro, like, he cannot be, yeah. No one that played
2: was... NCAA, uh, national, the no one that <laughs> played college soccer should be playing in the World Cup. I'm sorry, except except Matt
0: Turner, except, except
2: Matt, Matt Turner, except no, Matt Turner, who arguably was for the U.S. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I can is. understand what you're saying with the ballistic take. I thought he looked great against England, you know, that goalie against iran was what they needed That's um, the netherlands i think it was a poor performance and against wales i don't think he played great but i just don't think any of the attackers played that great for the men's team. Um, no one they started up top Sargent didn't play great he played okay against england um got pretty banged up um i thought that i thought that way played well I, I thought that opening goal against the netherlands was a great goal um but I don't I think you're completely spot on with the whole take of we need to stop looking at this as Christian politics team and start looking at it as a this is a US men's national team. You look at Argentina and you think that's Messi's team. Yes, Messi is arguably the GOAT. You look at Portugal, you don't even call that Ronaldo's team anymore. He got benched halfway through the tournament. It is naive. Rafael I agree. With you. Team. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that later, man. Speaking of young players, but um I think it is naive of U S men's national teams fans to look at it as this is Christian Pulisic's team. Cause quite frankly, it's not, I mean, Tyler Adams took the captain ban from him before this tournament even started, which, you know, exactly. off guard. I might have to disagree with you. And, um, Berhalter having the U S men's national team's best interests at heart, because I don't think you tell one of your best young attacking talents before the tournament that he's going to be in a limited role. I, I just, I-, I can't agree with that. I can't get behind that. Obviously that's going to start shit in the, in the dressing room. Uh, that's just my take on it, Frankie. I'm curious to hear what you got to say about this whole Gio Reyna and Greg Berhalter situation.
1: Yeah. Oh God. I I feel like I kind of I can see both your points. I, I agree that. It, I don't think you tell Gio Reyna, who I think is the best young attacking talent in the U.S. Um.
2: Go both.
1: Borussia Borussia is like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's such a um, historic club. And um, I I was watching like some TikTok the other day that said Thierry Henry was talking about how Gio Reyna is the youngest player in Champions League history to score a brace. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong or in the group stage, maybe. Um, And that's the type of talent they have. But I I think it's better than than not telling him and just sitting him, because I think that causes more of a dramatic reaction um and i'm sitting him in the first place like oh it just i i i think there's i don't understand him sitting i'm always yeah. a, been a fan of form over um like over like history. History. Yeah, I, was, agree, yeah. I was disappointed why when I saw uh, Mount and Raheem Sterling, sorry, Charis, Chelsea guys. No, no, nope, nope you know, I'm
2: the biggest Mount hater. Yeah, you the are the
1: bigger. biggest Mount hater. Um, but I was just like, Raheem Sterling, he's been a bit poor this season. So is Mason Mount. So, and and the same goes for the U.S. Like, I have, I'm, I'm a fan of form. Yeah. That's why I wanted to see more time for Brendan Aronson. I think he's played great this year for Leeds. I think he he got a lot more minutes than Gio and Sargent, but I, I still think his role was very limited. And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, but I, I think uh, I think you got to give Berhalter one more
2: chance. Ooh, okay. Because so that was, was going to get into next. So you are yeah. a keeper, Halter, for this cycle.
1: I I think you keep him for the cycle. Like I think I'm, it's a it little different. How the long the cycle.
2: cycle is? Four years. Four years, years till the next World Cup.
0: I mean, I don't know if it's like if it's like that. What I will say is, I think like it's so hard to get rid of a guy whenever we've all agreed that we're content with how the team did. That's true. Like I feel like that's like the, that's like the crux of it for me. Yeah, I mean, do you think I that, can't say it. Yeah, go ahead. No, I
1: was just going to say like do you think we have a better national team than Netherlands? I don't. And we and we lost to them 3-1 and I thought we played pretty well in that game. They dominated possession um for the most part. So, and that's how we lose. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to knock well, them
2: for that. I think mean, that I, I about, think that any national about. team coach that is playing a Stanford player over Giovanni Reina, who is barely old enough to be enrolled at Stanford and is dominating in Germany, needs to never have the reins of a national team again. That is just my opinion, Carter. I'm excited to hear yours. Yeah,
0: what what I what I do, I honestly do agree with that too. In the sense that, um, like one thing I could tell, and the f- reason that I don't know about like. The benefit of having a young team is we're able to run so much, and all of our best players, like our defense and midfield, midfield especially, is the fact that we were running so much the whole game. Like like Musa especially and Adams the whole game, whenever they're in, are like sprinting the whole the ninety running, way. sprinting up and down, and they have that. I mean, Jake, quite honestly, I agree with you. I think that's why the attack didn't show. It is because I felt like everybody else on the field besides the attack was um really showing that heart and I get it with the attack, it's a little bit more nuanced, like you're trying to create a little bit more and take take some time. Mm-hmm. But like I mean I thought Aaronson showed some fire whenever whenever he got in. Like yeah, like it looked like a little bit of raw talent. Like um I mean it basically was kind of raw talent and athleticism and energy versus like the system the Netherlands had in place. So um but yeah no, I agree. I, I don't know if we can get rid of Burhalter just yet. You know, I don't think it's unrealistic for us to give it another through through Copa and say, hey, the World Cup's in two years now, after that, like we'll give a new manager two years to get ready. Like, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable ask for a term like the World Cup. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying in the sense of how do you fire this guy after he met your expectations. Um like I said I think that the handling of the Rana situation was very poor um and in my opinion I think it's better to give a new coach give him four years to get settled in you know don't try to make him rush his project with two give him four years in these young guys most developmental parts of their career I mean that whole starting 11 minus the defense is going to be under 28 at the next World Cup give them time with a new coach to get settled in to work things out I think you're going to see a really good national team and I think that a Copa America is a perfect opportunity for his new us men's national team coach to get his feet wet, to get familiar with the squad and to go on to eventually have a great world cup run. So in my opinion, Amber halter out. I don't think it's all the whole has to do with the results of what happened in this last world cup. I think it's more what's best for the us men's national team for the confederation is to get a new coach in there and to get him re- start getting this team ready for 2026 when it comes, uh, when it comes out. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I can see it. I, and, and I, and I understand that. I think the, the one reason why I'm less open to it is because like, I obviously just don't know the options of who would even be. Like that is like the one thing too. It's already old. Did you I not see the
2: tweet? It. They said, I, I saw old. a tweet from us men's national team, someone on Twitter, the us men's national team, we got saying shortlist for us men's national team coaches. Pep Guardiola, Thomas Tuchel, Luis Enrique, uh, Jose Mourinho. And then the best quote to you was like, yeah, and I'm going on a date with a supermodel tonight. So wish me luck.
1: Pep, Pep doesn't win big Yeah, exa- yeah I was going to say, that's like probably the dream list of managers that I'd like. Obviously the four can't best. can big tournaments, to so
2: you're right, Frankie. Hey, so uh, hey, I doubt that's Jose a good one. Jose Mourinho
1: line. is the next Portugal manager. He's like also on it right now. At, Roma
2: at the same time, I heard.
1: Yeah, is that, is that even possible? I've never heard. No of one's
2: it. ever done it. I don't see how it can He's be special one. because international breaks. But um, I saw the rumors of Mourinho to uh to Portugal. So we yeah. will see. And it's gonna be a really interesting cycle to see who comes in and out at these big teams. Yeah, uh, Enrique's already out. Uh, Brazil's coach is already out too, right?
1: Yeah, Chiche. He was out before the tournament. He said it was gonna Uh-oh. be his last tournament, no matter what.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that was heartbreak for Brazil. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But I mentioned coming home because in 2026, the uh, World Cup is here on U.S. soil, North American soil, if you want to get specific. Um, But once again, you three Lions fans, it did not come home. And I don't know if it was a very disappointing tournament considering you lost to, you know, the probably favorites to win the world cup you could say the favorites i put them over argentina i think they just have too much firepower um it, they great game against france but you could take the spurs letters off of harry kane's shirt but you can't yeah. take the spurs out of them um kane gets a penalty chance in 80th 82nd something late in the game tie the game yeah. and i don't know what urich yelled out but it spooked him and he kicked the ball back to uh back to tottenham so you know, I'll let you guys go ahead and dive into this first. I'm gonna go ahead and just sit back and relish in it while uh, we talk about England's run. Um, I'm happy that we took points from them as a US fan, uh, but I'm curious to see your guys' opinion because I obviously have some opinions about it, and I'll definitely dive into those when I get my turn. But Carter, go ahead and uh, or Frankie, I'll I'll let you start since uh you go ahead, you went ahead and came up with the uh your old coach's son's curse of the English national team. So
1: yeah, um, all right. I just want to preface this before I get into this. I am a S-tier Harry Kane hater, but taking two PKs in one game against a goalie you played 700 games with is a tough task.
0: 100% it is, yeah.
1: I just had that gut feeling where I was like, you know, the first penalty, I was like, oh, he's going to choke. And then before the penalty, I saw him like take a deep breath and I was like, all right, he's got this. The Mm -hmm. second one, I just had that gut feeling. But you can't substitute him like, what are you going to let Rashford take it again after what happened in the last tournament? Like you have yeah. to have Harry Kane. Like he's one of the most proficient penalty takers in the world. I think he was he's number 2 behind Neymar. So like um so I, I like the Harry Kane hate. I mean, I don't think he had a great tournament, but overall for England I just it's it's disappointing cuz cuz I think this is the best team they've had in since 2006, and I think going to the quarterfinals is a disappointment against this French team that's missing five, six out of their starting eleven. I don't um
2: know if it's fair to measure that because the guys who've stepped into those roles uh, are yeah, so yeah. good. Still, I, I agree. Mean, I agree, you I agree mean, but you're missing the Ballon d'Or winner up top. Like, yeah, I, but you replace him with the all-time French leading scorer.
1: Yeah, yeah you know, no, it's, I, I, no, I, I, I'm not. I don't think it's a knock on yeah. England to say they lost to a French team that's a little banged up. Um but and it's disappointing and um, my immediate reaction was like disappointment in them because I think getting past the French team and then I mean who's to say? Morocco's beaten everyone so far. So it's unfair to say Morocco's an easier task, especially with their defense. Um but I, I think getting past French team would have sent them up for uh, a clear path, a clearer path the world cup title but having thought about it like i think that's the best game england has played in the last three tournaments against france i know they lost but they looked so good and they had uh, plenty of chances against a really good well-established french defense and they weren't able to capitalize but i think i i think going forward it sets them up well especially with their young players but having said that i think southgate Southgate out uh, you can't like he's had he now he's had three chances and he's fumbled every chance and I disagree with a lot of his decisions damn favoritism
2: it's ridiculous it's be the best informed player is yeah. Madison and he doesn't even submit yep. the field just say that. Come just on. Say
1: that. you can't take <laughs> Southgate out in the 70th minute and put in yeah. Mason now oh. Southgate was the best player the whole game
0: what what I will say about Madison is, is he was he was banged up in training, like uh so he was a little hurt. That's my my today at play him. But like okay. So
2: the soccer taking yeah. soccer off in the 70th minute when he is the only reason you were in the game, he won that pen makes no yeah. sense.
1: And putting in Sterling first, and he, okay, who I, missed all week of training, like yeah. skills for Sterling, horrible
2: situations yeah, he's, yeah. he's got a lot on his mind. Do not
1: throw him into that game. Also, the last thing I'll say, sorry, Carter, I'll let you go after this. The last thing I'll say is yeah. like I love Rashford. But I mean, one hundred uh three goals in 170 minutes, like he's gotta be seeing more time with the form he was in. Maybe he doesn't start that game. Maybe you I mean, making the argument that he should play over Phil Foden is a hard argument to me. But being down in the 60th minute, like, he's got to see the pitch, in my opinion, especially after the tournament he's had and the form he's had. Um, in that midfield, like, Rashford's run ability, where he's he's such, so good at running and uh, behind the center backs, and Bellingham, and um, okay. Hendo feeding him, like, I just think it's a great role for him, and I was kind of disappointed to see him see the pitch in the early 80 minutes is when he came on, like,
2: i don't know and he he almost saved him he did almost save him there was a second that where was i was on gonna... the back of the net and i was like oh yeah. shit so our other three lions fan who also is a fan of you know our boys our boys in red and white trying to bring it bring it back to croatia for the first time ever carter your opinion on the english national teams run in this tournament
0: you know, and this is Mike contra I 100% agree with the mount take. As much as like, I like love the fact that he plays for Chelsea and he has his games. Like, I definitely agree that he was not informed. But what I will say about Southgate's favoritism: first of all, people gave him a lot of hate for putting Harry Maguire in the squad. Taking Maguire in the first place. And he honestly was probably one of their best players the whole tournament. Maguire he was really just, good. Yeah, but he got beat in the last was very goal
2: Maguire playing at Manchester United because no, he, he is a he, whole other person he, when he plays for England.
0: He he did, but I still do think like that was just a good that was a really good play by the I I agree. And he, great like, and he that the thing is, and this might this is this was my, my two minute, my two-minute rant of the whole situation, but I still to this day. Even after that game with France, I really do think that England was the best team, maybe besides Brazil, in the tournament. They played better than France. Besides the U.S., the game against the U.S., I thought they dominated every team they played against. Um, I mean, it was shown in the scores, too. Like, I mean, put up six against Iran, put up three against Senegal. Um, And obviously, they kind of just controlled the game versus Wales. But, like, um, I mean, you... I mean, I really do feel like at this point, with who he started, obviously Henderson was a little bit of a question mark, but finally getting voted in the lineup, getting Sokka involved. There's, they have obviously so many different options. Um, I felt like Southgate really kind of had it figured out with who he should have in the lineup, and it yeah. showed with a lot of the results. Um, and then he also had that two-year plan to stop Mbappe, and quite honestly, I thought it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, they weren't Mbappe well. they. the whole yeah, and, But and you know, got to remember there's Kyle also Walker. 10 other
2: people on the field, so.
0: Yeah. And those 10 other people, I don't even think they necessarily played that well. I thought England had the range in that game, and it's the type of game that the chips didn't really fall them. many had a great strike, and Drew made a great play to get it on goal. Outside of that, I mean, Lloris was forced to make, what, nine saves? And then, I mean, Kane obviously, like missed that second penalty, and I mean, you obviously got to put it on frame, but like, yeah, I, I agree with Frankie in that case. And then, I mean, England could have, what, had two more, which is crazy to think about. Um, I mean, that one that would have got the turnover from VAR would have been a free kick just outside the box, but they didn't give it anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I still do think as a person who was rooting for England to a degree, like, had high hopes for them, you know, I think that this tournament, more than others, they went out with their head held high because they actually played well in a game where I feel like most people can agree that the majority of good chances were for them. Um, I agree. So I that's agree. what I'll say. On the whole Kane on the whole cane front and on the whole Southgate front, I think that what I-, I don't know if what what they're missing without Southgate, like I don't know who would step in. Obviously the English job is very hard, and I think I mean with the graphics and the data have shown it, maybe it's just the talent, but Southgate's done much better than any other manager. Um, in the history. Like, he's taken them to as many semifinals and um, taken them to as as deep deep in tournaments as any other manager in England has since 1966, obviously. So, um, I mean, there's that for him. But, I mean, I don't know how I feel. Like, I think he's a great guy. I think he definitely makes those such hard decisions given the talent pool he has. But, um, I mean, the last thing I'll touch on is with Kane, obviously. Like, I think Kane had and I told you guys this midweek, but I thought he was, he's gr- a great distributor, which is exactly what they need for somebody that has so much talent on the wings. And, you know, why doesn't put that penalty on frame? Um, I still do think he had a decent tournament. Like I still do think that almost any other team in the tournament would have loved to have him, how he was playing as their striker. Um, except for Portugal who had Gonzalo Rauch, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I was disappointed to see it come to an end, but, I think you guys could both agree that more than other years, England fans were like, okay, you know what? At least we lost a game where we played better than other teams. Yeah, they agree. Didn't just kind of go out – they kind of go out like back-footed like, like in tears like they normally do. So, but, Jake, go ahead. As, as a
2: 1776 proud supporter of, of us yeah. competing from England um, and arguably one of the biggest England, Kane, Mount haters – out of anybody i know um i don't think they had that bad of a tournament i mean like i said at the start of this recording you ran into a very tough france team they're the defending champs it is it's hard to beat them um de had an amazing goal giroud you know found his found himself on the end of a great ball um from arguably the best distributor of the tournament griezmann who has Honestly, it had a very quietly good tournament um, that yeah. I think is kind of flying under the radar a little bit, um, just with all the, you know, young star power in that team. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think England doesn't have much to be too disappointed on. I mean, they arguably, I don't know if I would give them the best. I would definitely say Brazil has been the best. And I'd probably honestly put Morocco above them too, just because they haven't even conceded a goal that's not a known goal. So Morocco yeah, is playing great. out of their mind right now. Um, but offensively, yeah, England, they put up six, they put up three, they, they look, that looked like the better team. Um, and I, that game was a toss up. That game could have gone either way. I could have 100% seen England winning that dicey calls with the ref. Um, they didn't help them out in any way, but it wasn't enough still, you know, It, it wasn't enough. And I think if you put them on the other side of the bracket, they are playing Argentina, um, right now in the semis. I don't know how that would have been possible. Uh, no, they would have had to play them in quarters because they would have been in the U.S. spot. But I think that you put them on the other side of the bracket. There's a good chance they're going through and facing France in the final. Um, with that being said, Southgate, I don't know. I think you you mix it up. You go bold. You bring in Thomas Tuchel. You bring in the first ever non English coach for them. I know the English yeah. hate it. They'll despise every <laughs> bit of it. But you bring in some guy who took a broken Chelsea team, a team in England, very broken, trending downward, who turned them around in months at, what were do you say, Frankie? Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. And and you win them the Champions League. He's a proven winner. Um, I know he had his, his struggles at PSG, and you know, he he's a little bit of a hothead and things need to go his way. But I think you bring in someone with that mindset. And they have a shot at winning not only the Euros come 2024, but also the World Cup come 2026. And I'm going to it's a little bit of a homer take. I was a huge Tuchel fan while I was at Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's time to move on from Southgate. And on the topic of Chelsea, I am so glad that the world got to see what the fuck Mason Mount's one dimensional game is when he shot that ball. From thirty-five yards out and put it into the third yeah. oh of the stadium. God. I was like, everyone sees it now. Everyone's and when he was standing next to Rashford, like, you're not that guy, bro. You're not that guy. Four saw the ball. Huh? Come right to them. Yeah, I mean, he's missed higher than Kane missed on that penalty, and, and I'm not knocking Kane at all as well. I, I think Kane. It's hard for me to admit. It's very hard for me to admit because I cannot stand Harry Kane. I thought he had a great tournament. I relished in that miss. But, you know, now that I've time to kind of settle down, it is definitely hard to take two PKs. I think it was even hard to take one PK against your teammate of, like you guys said, 700-plus games. Um, But I'm so glad that the world is starting to be awoke to the whole what-the-fuck-is-Mason-Mounts game debate because i've been wondering it for a couple of years now as a chelsea fan i think he's very one-dimensional i think he's if he's on the sides of the box he's going to cross it in and try to find somebody and if he's in front of it he's going to shoot and he he lacks that you know and I, i'm not trying to compare them in any way but that kevin de bruyner you know final pass you know de Bruyne will find that hole he'll find that gap he will play whatever it can whatever he do to, to get that ball to his attackers mount is like you know what no i'm gonna try to score Every time it seems like I mean, he lacks, yeah. he lacks that final pass.
0: I mean, yeah. Mount too for Chelsea. He's been playing a little, little right wing, and it made me think: if only we had a good right winger that Chelsea has in the roster that they could play. But we do, and he's shown at The first worst case.
2: takes on this podcast was saying Hakim Ziyech is Chelsea's best player.
1: Yeah, he's been a baller this tournament.
0: He's been so good. He's just so. I don't know if he's our best player but he's, that was your take uh, when you he first with
2: him when we when we first started this podcast you were like be on the lookout for Hakeem Ziyech but yeah I mean I, I just think he does not fit the, what Chelsea's looking for it's he he plays such like a certain style of ball where he needs the ball and he wants to create and he wants to fucking yeah, act nah. like he's a Brazilian I, he's fun to watch i love yeah. him and i would love for him to work at Chelsea i would love for him to work there and i hope that this World Cup inspire Graham Potter to give him some more run yeah. um we'll obviously see when he's back but pretty, I'm curious what you had to say about my Tuchel to the English national team I, I was
1: I was gonna say I agree with your take on Tuchel I think he's a great manager and the fact that he's uh a hothead like I don't mind that at all same with Klopp same with Jose Mourinho like it shows passion but I can never imagine an English – England hiring a German. A German. German. A German they hate votes. the Germans. Like, I just can't picture that, I yeah. think the English fans would, like, have a – like, they'd have a cow. They'd have a meltdown. Like, oh, I mean, what, yeah. I What's just can't
0: the, picture what, that. Yeah. What they should honestly do is, um, like – and what I will say about, like, the whole idea of managers is, like – I mean, Frank, you know better than anyone the type of manager that Van Hall is. Like, he had yeah. a terrible spell at United, but yeah. he looks like a great manager for the Dutch team. Um, so, like, what I will say is, you need a good, you need a good player manager, like a guy who can, can unite people, and I um, mean that's really got to be what England's looking for him. I mean, nobody knows that better than the guys in the locker room. So. Yeah, and I think they'll be able oh, to yeah. find
2: that. And one last thing I want to ask, because we talked about Harry Kane, we've talked about this French national team. A question that I've seen bouncing around the internet is, would you rather have the career of Olivier Giroud, or would you rather have the career of Harry Kane? Car you had a great take on this when we discussed this a little bit earlier in the week. I'll let you go ahead and dive into that, and then we will move on to our semifinal predictions, and we will potentially talk about our – awards before the semifinal if we have time so go ahead carter um let me hear your take on which career you'd rather have
0: i mean both all-time goal scorers for our country is, i think that i mean what i said to you guys is caden still i feel like has some more in the tank what is you be 33 at the next world cup he's not done yet um i think he's only gonna i mean obviously up his stats obviously Giroux has the trophies. I think I was reminded that he actually won a Champions League while he was at Chelsea.
2: Yeah, um, he's won. He has won
0: um, everything. Yeah, he's won everything. I don't know. if He's definitely been the star of the show while winning it. Because whenever he was star of the show, he was an Arsenal, and I know they didn't really win anything for a while. So, um, maybe like a one of the Europa League or something like that. But um, yeah, I think, Cups, I, think, I, think right. I would definitely. Even though he had the international success, winning the World Cup. I still 100% think I'd rather have Kane's career. Just what, I mean, actually, it depends how we define it. Obviously, if I take the accolades only, I would take Girouds. But as a player, who would I rather be remembered as a player? Probably probably Harry
1: Kane, whenever it's all said and done. Um,
2: yeah. That's a fair take. Frankie, I'm interested to hear yours.
1: I disagree. I mean, it's hard, it's hard for me to say because... I mean, I think yeah. Harry Kane is a better player than Olivier Giroud. But I, I got this pulled up right here. Olivier Giroud, four FA Cups, a Champions League, a Europa League, a Serie A, multiple or a Premier League and a World Cup. And he might have two World Cups after this. I mean, what hasn't he won? It's really like, it's really hard to argue against It's what Lincoln. you dream
2: of. And even if he's not the star of the show, it's, it's yeah. winning t- trophies.
1: Past Thierry Henry, arguably the greatest Prem player of all time uh, as the France national um, goal-scoring leader. I got to go Olivier Probably about
2: four or five more years because Mbappe is right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I got to go Olivier Giroud.
2: Yeah, I like that take. Um, You know, I think if you look, would I rather be the athletic and talented ability of Harry Kane or Olivier Giroud? You give the edge to Kane, obviously. Um, I think that's pretty clear. But when you look at that pretty boy Giroud, man, he has won it all. He has scored big goals. I mean, the scorpion kick for Arsenal, the bicycle kick for Chelsea against Porto in the round of 16, their Champions League run. It's hard not to go with Giroud. I mean, and especially for me, it's it's not hard to because, I mean, I'm a Kane hater. But um, I, I just think that, yeah, Kane does have some left in the tank. He's got time, but his only trophy is a Navi Cup and a silver finalist in the champions league. So um, I I think that you just got to give it to Giroud because he's won everything and he's proven, he stepped up in big moments. He had the game winning goal against England, uh, didn't score in the 2018 world cup, which a lot of people knocked him for had some assists, but everyone's expecting Kareem Benzema to be the guy in this world cup and, you know, continue his Ballon d'Or run. But he goes down with an injury. Giroud feels right in, and they find themselves in a semifinal with a chance to go to the final and win another World Cup within the next seven days. So I'm going to give that edge to Giroud. But moving on from that, let's get right into our semifinal predictions. Today we have a great match coming up in about 30 minutes. This will probably post after that. But we got Croatia and Argentina, a rematch of a group stage game from 2018 where Croatia got the best of a very weak Argentina team. If you go back and look at that lineup, I mean, they had bald boy Willy Caballero in goal, so – um, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I'm obviously pulling for Croatia. I'm following the Twitter rumors. This World Cup might be fixed for Messi, just with the whole all-Argentina rests during that Portugal game, that handball that didn't get a freaking yellow. I mean, Paredes, or I don't know how to say it, kicking the ball straight into the Dutch bench yeah, and getting nothing yeah. that. that. Like,
1: yeah, a Dijk lot of suspicious is, things yeah.
2: for Argentina. So it's, I think it might be croatia against the world but i think it's been croatia against the world this whole world cup so i'm gonna go croatia get into the final again i think they somehow edged out argentina and messi have a heartbreaking loss that ends his career uh i can't lose i'm a, I'm a Messi guy i enjoy Lionel you know, Messi. um so either way i think that this is a win-win situation for me but heading down to crow hall in san pedro here in a couple of minutes and i can't wait to go root for croatia so i got croatia going to the final and you got carter
0: for Your sake, after you're at Crow Hall, I hope you have the, the amazing experience to see Croatia win at Crow Hall. But a little fun fact Willie Caballero actually was in a Jack Harlow bar. If anybody's curious to look that up? Um, what uh, he was, he yeah, you, oh, oh yeah, random, he was. yeah, he was. Um, just, so the Jack yeah, Harlow, yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, we're going to see if it's Jack Harlow, curse or not, but he's not even on their team. I do think Argentina is going to win. I also feel like I I'm okay with whoever, but what I will say is um I think that I mean, while people give a lot of credit credit to Modric, Croatia's gonna have a good team for years to come. Like they got a good squad. Um, some of the guys maybe getting a little up their age, but they got young guys up on the rise. Brody will obviously very good. Um, but I don't know. If it is scripted, I don't care. If Messi goes out this way, I'll be able to end my childhood peacefully if it's not already ended. Um so I'm I'm gonna go Argentina in that one. Frankie.
1: Today I feel Croatian. <coughs> they got one more, more. They got one more in me. I got one more in me. In extra time.
2: Oh, I mean it has to be. Their their last seven, I think it is now World Cup knockout stage games minus the final have gone to fucking extra time. It's got to be extra yep. time.
1: Ivan Persic
2: yeah. 106. Oh, I like it. I bet on him to you be an anytime goal scorer today. So I'll take that all day. I like it. And it's so, good
0: luck over two people saying
2: Croatia, Croatia, Argentina. We got a little bit of diversity here. And finally, tough game. I I don't know what's going to happen with this one. We got France-Morocco. I think I've bet against Morocco this whole World Cup, and they continue to prove me wrong. Carter, Frankie, I think we owe Carter around around of Yeah,
1: 100%, 100%. This is 100%. arguably
2: the best take that's ever occurred on the podcast. We thought it was a homer take because he went and visited Morocco, but they have been unbelievable. One goal of this whole World Cup, it was from an own goal. I mean, Ziek, Hakimi, it, it's fun to watch. Bono, who you arguably are gonna give the golden glove to at the end of this tournament. Amazing tournament for the for Morocco. Frankie, you can go ahead and start us off here with your take on this game.
1: I think I hate to be I hate to be the the bearer of bad news to Moroccan fans, but I think France is going to overpower them. I think it's going to be 2-0 France. Both goals in the first half and then they're going to park the bus. Except all I have to say is Buffel is a dog and I hate playing against him in FIFA. He's super fucking annoying. But <laughs> France 2-0. Yeah.
0: He was like Buffel was like the goat of like FIFA 15 and now he's just showing off 7 years later yeah. like he's in his brown. Um, no, nah, but um you know what it's not about the size of the dog in the fight it's about the size of the fight and the yeah. dog and Morocco's got the fight and um admittedly totally admittedly, I knew Morocco was a good team but I did not necessarily see them doing what they were gonna do hence why I thought Spain was gonna be the one coming out of this quarter of the bracket but you know they've proven that they're a great team and I'd love to see the success story keep going um the narrative behind the African team, maybe maybe Samuel Eto'o knew something, but that we didn't um, behind these African really. teams. But um, I'm going to give Morocco one, a one win inside the ninety. That's, that's my prediction. Okay. Ooh, but okay. Jake... I like that.
2: Um, <laughs> I've, I've teetered back and forth. I really have. I just spent a week in Paris. It was beautiful. What an amazing place. The fans there, the passion for the game. Give me that Moroccan flag, dude. They're on some kind of run. I I don't know what is in their water. They are playing out of their fucking minds right now. Um, I think France looks shaky at times in that England game. You guys even said it. England outplayed them. Who's to say Morocco is not going to go do the same damn thing? I mean, you beat a powerhouse in Portugal who arguably had the most informed player in the World Cup during the World Cup with fucking – bruno fernandez i mean what a tournament for him um and he frustrated them they took him down i i really think morocco's got something special going on and i don't think they're done yet so give me morocco one zero i think that mbappe misses a big chance late to tie the game wow and his legacy starts to get questioned now absolutely not it does not get questioned but um my buddies all changed their flights home so they can watch the final in Paris. And I think there's a little bit of bad juju coming with that, that they didn't wait until after the semifinal game. So give me Morocco in a, in a big disappointing game. So Moroccan Croatian final. Um, So there's all of our predictions. You guys can kind of put together who we got in the final. Now Uh, we will be on next week to review the whole world cup and be back talking about all of the other sports. Thank you guys for listening. As always, be sure to share with all your friends, follow us on all our socials and Hey, Let's see who ends up on top in this 2022 awesome World Cup that ended up being pretty, pretty damn entertaining.
1: Yeah.